0: On what station can you hear talk shows, country music, Gaelic music, oldies, funk, and more? Why, it's the University of Central Missouri's The Beat, the best in college radio.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Inside the Diamond. Oh my goodness, am I excited about this week because guess what, folks? It is opening day weekend. I'm your host, Colin somewhere and on today's show, I'll first start off by telling you about what has happened in this last week of spring training around the MLB. Then we'll get into ons, then we'll talk about preseason predictions and opening day, which, of course, as I said, is two days away. Let's get right into it. That's all coming up on UCM The Beat. Let's first recap the Tuesday games. The Chicago Cubs beat the Kansas City Royals 6-2 to two in seven innings. The game was called in seven innings due to rain in the area, of course. M.J. Melendez hit a two-run homer for the Royals in that game, and that was pretty much the only offense for that team. Eric Hosmer also drove in a run along with Patrick Wisdom driving in two. The Orioles beat the Red Sox 6-2. to two. Chris Sale was the starter in that game, and he gave up six runs on nine hits and only struck out two. He allowed two home runs in that game, one to Adley Rutschman and one to Ryan Castle. I remember when Chris Sale used to be dominant. You know, he used to be so good. Now, he is still pretty good. He can still get out there to, like, 95. That slider of his is absolutely filthy. But he's getting up there in age, and I think the Red Sox are starting to see that. The Nationals tied the Cardinals 4-4. to the only notable player in that game to hit to do anything good was Victor Rowles, who hit a two-run homer. The Nationals' bullpen led them down as the Cardinals scored four runs in the seventh to tie the game. After that, crickets. Nothing happened. Boring game. I don't want to tie, you know? I want offense left and right. I don't want a pitching duel. I want offense left and right. Moving on, the Pirates beat the Phillies 4-3. to Andrew McCutcheon hit a two-run homer in this game in the bottom of the sixth, and the Phillies scored two in the ninth to walk it off. The final run came in on a wild pitch. Now, that is a very rare occasion for a walk-off wild pitch. It's rare for a walk-off walk as well, but it could happen. Anything can happen in the MLB, like I said. The Astros beat the Marlins 2-1. Chaz McCormick and Jeremy Pena had back-to-back doubles in the bottom of the third inning, And the Astros' pitching was pretty much dominant from that point on. The the Yankees beat the Tigers 6-3. Josh Donaldson had two home runs in that game. Glaber Torres also added an RBI single as part of a five-run sixth inning. The Dodgers beat the Guardians 4-2. Clayton Kershaw started the game for the Dodgers. He went five innings to give up two runs on four hits and striking out three. Clayton Kershaw's not a strikeout pitcher these days. He's more of a pitch-to-contact kind of guy, which I feel like, you know, most pitchers, when they get into their late 30s or early 30s, they usually start to dip in velocity and they start to pitch-to-contact instead. The Dodgers then proceeded to lose to the Giants 12-1. to Yes, the Dodgers had a split-squad game in this one. Noah Syndergaard started the game for the Dodgers and just could not find control of his pitches. He was leaving them over the middle of the plate. He went four and a third innings, giving up six runs on six hits with one walk and three strikeouts. The Angels beat the Diamondbacks 7-1. Anthony Rendon, Brett Phillips, Joe Adele, and and Brandon Drury all had RBS for the Angels. The Angels then lost to the Athletics 6-5. The Angels were leading in the top of the ninth and... Unfortunately, they choked like they always do. The Angels, excuse me, the White Sox beat the Brewers 6-5. to The White Sox had three home runs in this game. One by one of the b- better young hitters in the MLB, Gavin Sheets. Now, I don't think he actually wore sheets as a kid. No, that's not why he was named Gavin Sheets. The Twins beat the Rays 5-2. The Padres absolutely obliterated the Rockies, to no one's surprise, 14-2. They scored three in the first, four in the second, one in the fourth, and six in the eighth. This Padres team looks very good, and they are going to compete with the Los Angeles Dodgers this year for the NL West crown. Let's move on to the Wednesday games. These ones were a bit more happier for Royals fans. They beat the White Sox four to three. It was a pretty good game, all all told, you know. The Rays also beat the Phillies six to two. The Braves beat the Tigers five to three, and here's the surprising part: the Nationals somehow beat the Yankees five to two. They were held off. The Yankees were held off the scoreboard until the top of the 7th inning. How in the world does that happen? The Yankees are supposed to be one of the best teams, one of the best lineups in the entire MLB, and they proceed to only score two runs. Really? That's just... That's awful. I'm sorry, Yankees, but you can do better than that. The Blue Jays beat the Orioles 2-1. to one. Not really surprised there. The Astros beat the Mets 5-2. The Astros are still a good team, even though they lost Jose Altuve to injury, unfortunately. The Cardinals and the Marlins tied 0-0. Now, I want to know, how in the world do you tie in spring training? Like, these are supposed to be pitchers who work hard all season, all offseason, to get control of their pitches and... They somehow tie. It just doesn't make sense to me, you know? The Cubs beat the Athletics four to two. The Giants beat the Rangers four nothing. The Rangers then beat the White Sox two nothing. The Angels beat the Rockies ten to nine. The Rockies attempted to come back. They were down ten to three in the bottom of the seventh and scored six runs in that inning. But unfortunately they could not drive home the tying run. And they ended up losing a very close one. The Twins absolutely dominated the Boston Red Sox, 11-0. The Reds beat the Padres 4-1. And last but not least, for the Wednesday games, the Mariners beat the Dodgers 5-1. Let's move on to Thursday. The Padres beat the Royals 6-3. Brady Singer started that game, and he did pretty well. Uh, Unfortunately for Daniel Lynch, though, he suffered a shoulder injury in that game, and he's going to be... He suffered a left shoulder strain in that game, and he's going to be out for until the end of the month at least. End of April, he should be good to go. The Red Sox beat the Pirates 7-4. That's not really a surprise. The Pirates are awful. The Blue Jays beat the Twins 3-0. The Phillies beat the Tigers 4-1. The Mets tied the Braves 2-2. The Yankees tied the Cardinals 1-1. We've said ties awful pretty much the entire time. It's ridiculous. The Cubs absolutely obliterated the Diamondbacks 11 to 1. The Giants beat the White Sox 6 to 3. The Diamondbacks had another game against the Dodgers and they beat them 11 to 5. Okay, one and one on the day. That's not too shabby for the Diamondbacks. I mean, I still think they could be better, but you know, that's just me. I have high standards, so. Moving on the Brewers. Beat the Padres four to two. The Tigers tied the Orioles eight to eight. That was a very close game. The Astros beat the Nationals five to four. How in the world do you allow four runs to that Nationals lineup? The only good players they have on their team are Joey Meneses and Victor Robles. The rest of the roster is garbage. The Mariners beat the Reds seventeen to six. That's not really a surprise there, because the Mariners are one of the best teams in the MLB. Even though they did not make the playoffs for so long, you know they rebuilt and everything, and they came so close to the ALCS last year. But unfortunately, the Astros were just the better team. The Guardians shut out the Giants ten to nothing. The Athletics tied the Rangers seven to seven. Now let's move on to Friday. Friday's games. The Royals shut out the Giants 3-0. The Mets beat the Rays 11-2. The Twins beat the Yankees 6-4. The Cubs beat the Rangers 5-3. The White Sox absolutely dominated the Oakland Athletics 12-0. The Brewers tied the Dodgers 6-6. The Reds beat the Diamondbacks 7-4. The Padres beat the Angels 3-0. The Rockies beat the Brewers 9-4. The Cardinals beat the Nationals 7-1. The Red Sox beat the Braves 9-8. The Orioles beat the Yankees 7-6. Man, the Yankees are really struggling in the spring training. But as we Royals fans know, it's not about spring training. It's all about how the regular season goes. And the Royals, unfortunately... Win the Cactus League, but I don't see them winning anything in the regular season. That's just me, but you never know. Anyways, moving on to the Blue Jays beat the Phillies six to three. The Marlins beat the Astros three to two. The Guardians beat the Cubs five to three, and last but not least, the Mariners dominated the Athletics fifteen to three. Moving on to Saturday games, the Royals beat the. Dodgers 6-3. to three. The Rays beat the Red Sox 4-2. to two. The Braves beat the Twins 9-4. to four. The Braves once again beat the Twins 9-4. to four. Coincidence? I think not. The Braves are a good team. You know, they're one of the best teams in the NL East and they're going to compete for the division crown once again this year. Now are they going to win it? That's a bit of a far stretch with how good the Mets starting rotation is. The Yankees beat the Phillies 8-3. The Cardinals beat the Marlins 3-2. The Padres beat the Rangers 5-3. The Brewers beat the Athletics 6-5. The Angels beat the Cubs 8-7. The Giants beat the Mariners 7-4. The Diamondbacks then beat the Mariners 4-1. The Astros beat the Nationals 6-1. That's really not a surprise there. The Orioles beat the Pirates 6 to 4. The Orioles are one of the best young teams I think and I think I have a hot take right here, all right? They could make a run towards the wild card spot this year. The Tigers beat the Blue Jays 4 to 1. The Cardinals and Mets tied 4 to 4. The White Sox beat the Reds 9 to 2 and the Guardians beat the Rockies 4 to 2. Now, moving on to the Sunday games, the Cubs beat the Royals 5-0. I'm not really shocked by that. Eric Hosmer had another good game, and he's going to be the first baseman for the Cubs. The Astros, guys, I'm telling you right now, the Astros absolutely destroyed the St. Louis Cardinals. The final score of that game, I am not making this up. Please know that I am not making this up when I say this score. 24-1. to what? How in the world? How? Twenty-four to one, guys. The Cardinals it's gonna be a long year, I'm sorry. The Tigers beat the Rays eleven to ten. The Twins beat the Red Sox seven to two. The Orioles beat the Phillies four to two. The Braves beat the Pirates eight to one. The Yankees beat the Blue Jays six to two. The Nationals tied the Marlins two to two. The Guardians beat the Reds three to two. The Rockies beat the White Sox four to two. The Giants beat the Athletics nine to five. The Reds beat the Rockies seven to five. The Mariners tied the Padres five to five. The Marlins tied the Mets three to three. I'm almost done with the ties. I promise. The Brewers tied the Diamondbacks four to four, and that is it for the ties so far for Sunday. The Dodgers beat the Angels 3-0. Moving on to Monday's games, the Royals beat the Rangers 4-4. Excuse me. The Rangers tied... The Royals tied the Rangers 4-4. There we go somewhere. Words. The Cardinals beat the Orioles 8-2. The Twins beat the Pirates 8-4. The Braves beat the Red Sox 6-1. Yankees beat the Rays 8-4. The Phillies... Beat the Blue Jays 5 to 2, the Padres beat the Mariners 4 to 2. The White Sox tied the Cubs 6 to 6. I promise you guys, that is the last tie of spring training. I promise, okay? The Rockies beat the Brewers 12 to 8. The Astros beat their AAA team in an exhibition game, and their AAA team name is the Sugarland Space Cowboys. That's a pretty fun name to say actually. They beat them 3 to 1. The Angels beat the Dodgers 5 to 4. The Diamondbacks beat the Guardians 7 to 5 and last but not least, the Athletics beat the Giants 12 to 6. 12 to 6. Now let's talk about the top rotations entering 2023. At number 1 is obviously the New York Mets. This rotation is stacked. Max Scherzer as the ace, Justin Verlander as the second starter. Kodai Sanga as the third starter. Carlos Carrasco as the fourth. David Peterson as the fifth starter. And the Mets have another starter on their rotation. And that is Jose Quintana, former Chicago White Sox player. At number two, the Milwaukee Brewers, Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta, Eric Lauer, Wade Miley the freaking dinosaur. And last but not least, Adrian Hauser. At number three is the Atlanta Braves. Max Freed is the ace. Spencer Strider is the second starter. Kyle Wright, Charlie Morton, Jared Schuster, and finally Mike Soroka. The Rangers are a number four. Jacob deGrom as the ace. Obviously, that's a pretty easy choice for me. Martin Perez, Nathan Evaldi, John Gray, Andrew Heaney, and Jake Odorizzi. Number five is the Philadelphia Phillies. Zach Wheeler is the ace. Aaron Nola. Ranger Suarez, Taiwan Walker, Bailey Falter, and Andrew Painter. Now, because I said Ranger does not mean he's a park ranger, I promise. He was just named that by his parents. Number six is the New York Yankees: Garrett Cole, Carlos Rodon, Nestor Cortez, Luis Severino, Clark Schmidt, and Domingo Herman. Now, had Frankie Montas not been nixed following spring shoulder surgery, the Yankees would have a very good argument to be a number one. Frankie Montas is a very good pitcher. Number seven is the San Diego Padres. This consists of Hugh Darvish, Blake Snell, Joe Musgrove, Michael Waka, Nick Martinez, and Seth Lugo. Number eight is the Houston Astros. Their ace is obviously Framber Valdez, but along with that, they have players like Christian Javier, Jose Arquidi, Luis Garcia, and Lance McCullers. And number nine is the Toronto Blue Jays. Alec Munoz is the ace, Kevin Gossman, Another good player. He's got a filthy, filthy splitter. I mean, Jose Barrios, Chris Bassett, Yusei Kikuchi, and a name you guys have not heard in a while, I know, Hyunjin Ryu. <sighs> Number 10 is a tie between the Angels and the Mariners. Let's do the Angels first. Shohei Otani is obviously the ace. Patrick Sandoval, Tyler Anderson, Reed Detmers. Reed Detmers. Jose Suarez, and Tucker Davidson. Now, for the Mariners, this is a pretty good rotation, actually. You got Luis Castillo as the ace, Robbie Ray, Logan Gilbert, George Kirby, Marco Gonzalez, and finally, Chris Flexen. Now, I know you guys are eager to know the lineups, but because there's so many, I'm just going to go through the teams that you guys actually care about. We're going to keep it local and stay with the St. Louis Cardinals. Leading off, the second baseman, Brendan Donovan. Batting second, the center fielder, Tyler O'Neill, Batting third, the first baseman, Paul Goldschmidt. Batting fourth, the third baseman, Nolan Arenado. Batting fifth, the catcher, Wilson Contreras. Batting sixth, the designated hitter, Nolan Gorman. Batting seventh, the left fielder, Jordan Walker. Batting eighth, the right fielder, Lars Newtbar. And batting ninth, at shortstop, is Tommy Edmond, and pitching is Miles Michaelis. Let's move over to Chicago for just a little bit. The Chicago Cubs, leading off the second baseman Nico Horner. Batting second, the shortstop, Dansby Swanson. Batting third, the left fielder Ian Happ. Batting fourth, the center fielder Cody Bellinger. Batting fifth, the right fielder Trey Mancini. Batting sixth, the designated hitter, Edwin Rios. Batting 7th, the 3rd baseman, Patrick Wisdom. Batting eight, the 1st baseman, Eric Hosmer, former Royal, as you all Royals fans know. And finally, batting ninth, the catcher, Tucker Barnhart. And pitching is Marcus Stroman. For the Chicago White Sox, leading off the shortstop, Tim Anderson. Batting 2nd, the center fielder, Luis Robert. Batting 3rd, the left fielder, Andrew Benintendi. Batting 4th, the designated hitter, Eloy Jimenez. Batting fifth, the third baseman, Yohan Moncada. Batting sixth, the first baseman, Andrew Vaughn. Batting seventh, the catcher, Yasmani Grandal. Batting eighth, the right fielder, Oscar Colas. And batting ninth, the second baseman, Elvis Andrews. And pitching is Dylan Cease. Let's move over to Colorado. The Colorado Rockies, I don't even know what to say, guys. This lineup is pathetic. Leading off the left fielder, Turks and Profar. Batting second, the right fielder, Chris Bryant. Batting third, the second baseman, Ryan McMahon. Batting fourth, the first baseman, C.J. Crone, Batting fifth, the designated hitter, Charlie Blackman. Batting sixth, the third baseman, Eller Harris-Montero. Batting seventh, the catcher, Elias Diaz. Batting eighth, the center fielder, Jonathan Daza. And batting ninth is the shortstop, Ezekiel Tovar, with Herman Marquez on the mound. Now let's go to the Kansas City Royals. And Royals fans, I know you're excited about this one. Leading off the shortstop, Bobby Witt Jr. Batting second, the left fielder, M.J. Melendez. Batting third, the catcher, Salvador Perez. Batting 4th, the 1st baseman, Vinny Pasquantino. Batting 5th, the designated hitter, Fran Miel Reyes. Batting 6th, the 2nd baseman, Michael Massey. Batting 7th, the 3rd baseman, Hunter Dozier. Batting 8th, the right fielder, Jackie Bradley Jr. And batting ninth is the center fielder, Kyle Isbell, with Zach Greinke on the mound. This is a stacked lineup, but the thing that concerns me about the Royals is pitching... All right, guys, we're going to step away for a couple minutes. Coming up, I'll be talking about power rankings prior to opening day. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Inside the Diamond on UCM The Beat.
0: Did you know that it costs zero dollars to make someone smile? A simple act of kindness can go a long way. You may walk past tons of people a day, not even knowing their story. Someone could probably be having one of the worst days, but a simple compliment on their outfit or even helping them out with a small task can change a bad day to a good one. No matter what, always try to give your neighbor a reason to smile. Tobacco use affects youths all across the United States. Millions of youth are at risk for disease and even death due to tobacco use. Talk to your kids about tobacco use and how it can affect their lungs. Help keep the future of this nation safe from tobacco-related illnesses. According to a study by IBM, 95% of all cybersecurity breaches result from human error. That adds up to about $3.13 million of loss in 2020 alone, and accounts for acts like downloading infected files or software and storing weak passwords in easy-to-find places. When everything is online, you can't afford to not be. Protect yourself and others online. Learn more and how at CISA.gov.
1: Hey, Dr. Phil here. I help people solve difficult and trying personal problems every day on my TV show, but there's one problem that just got me stumped. Childhood hunger. Nearly 16 million children in America struggle with it. That's one in five kids who may not know where their next meal is coming from, despite the fact that there's more than enough healthy, nutritious food out there to feed them all. Now, I don't know about you, but that is unacceptable to me. Luckily, the Feeding America network of good people is out there collecting surplus food and giving hope to hungry children and their families at local food banks all across the country. But let's face it, they can't do it without your help. Join me in supporting Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org.
0: Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're feeding America.
1: play music, play the piano, and then the accordion, and then the cello. My wife, who was also blind, was a good cook. When she died, that's when I started Meals on Wheels. America, let's do lunch.
0: One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Blood drives are a significant event. 4.5 million people need a transfusion each year. One out of seven people entering a hospital need blood. And only 37% of the United States population is eligible to donate blood. It only takes about an hour to save a life. Even one pint of blood can save up to three people's lives. So, if you want to help, please visit redcrossblood.org to set up an appointment today.
2: You are now turned into the dopest college radio station. UCM the beat. Keep it locked. U C M the beat.
1: Hey, guys, welcome back to Inside the Diamond. Let's talk about the power rankings ahead of, of course, ahead of the 2023 MLB season. According to MLB.com, let's get it started right away at number 30. MLB.com has the Oakland Athletics. Yeah, I agree with that. The Athletics, I just, they're they're so bad. Like, their lineup is awful. This lineup is like, the lineup is absolutely pathetic. The only... They don't really have any good players. I gotta be honest. And number 29 is the Washington Nationals. Yeah, I agree with that as well. So far, so good for the MLB.com and their power rankings. They're doing a very good job, I'd say. Better than the NFL Network. My reason for... Agreeing with the Washington Nationals is because of their roster. The only good players they have on that roster are Victor Robles and Joey Meneses, And both of them are kind of getting up there in age. Victor Robles is still pretty young without a doubt, but Joey Meneses didn't get on a major league team until he was 30. So he's kind of getting up there in age, but he still has good power. At number 28, MLB.com has the Colorado Rockies. Yeah. You heard the Rockies lineup, right? It was horrible. The only good players in there are Jerickson Profar, Chris Bryant, Ryan McMahon, and CJ Crone. But you cannot have those four players just produce for you the entire year. You have to have an entire team effort. At number 27, the Cincinnati Reds. I think I agree with that one as well. The Reds just don't really have anyone other than Joey Votto and Jonathan India. I mean, they have some good pitchers, yes, but no real superstars. At number 26, they have the Pittsburgh Pirates and I gotta agree with this one to an extent. The Pirates are probably this low only because I feel like the only reason that the Pirates are this low is because of their pitching. Their lineup is pretty good. You know, you got some a lot of veteran players in there. You got Andrew McCutcheon. You got Key Brian Hayes, who's just coming into the league. He's going to learn a lot from the veteran guys on that team. They signed G-Man Choi. They signed Carlos Santana. But their bullpen is just awful. Number 25 is the Kansas City Royals and... Unfortunately, as a Royals fan, I do have to agree with that because of the bullpen. The bullpen is not solid. It's not bad, but it's not the best. You know what I'm saying? The lineup is pretty good for the most part, you know. But I think the Royals' biggest weakness this year is going to be the pitching. The pitching is always a, always a problem spot for the Royals. At number 24 is the Detroit Tigers. Now, how do you have such a young team above the Royals? I would put the Royals at number 24, actually. And I'm not saying that because I'm biased, I promise. I'm saying that because the Tigers are an extremely young team. Now, so are the Royals, but the Tigers are a little bit more veteran-based. Veteran, veteran based. They have Jonathan Scope, who's been in the league for a long time. They have Miguel Cabrera, who's... Seemingly been in the league since the 2000s. And number 23 is the Miami Marlins. Yeah, I agree with that as well because the Marlins, they don't really have that solid of a rotation. I mean, they have some good pitchers on there like Sandy Alcantara and Johnny Cueto. But the hitters are a little bit inconsistent. And number 22 is the Chicago Cubs. What surprises me about this is the fact that the Cubs are so low, even though they got Cody Bellinger in the offseason. Cody Bellinger is a very good hitter, you know, for the most part. He has dipped a little bit in average, sure, but still, he's a good player. You know, he hits for power. But that lineup is not that bad, I would say. Their lineup is not the reason they're so low. Once again, it is pitching and I'm going to mention mention pitching a lot of the time, guys, because it's true. Good pitching will, nine times out of ten, beat good hitting. And the Chicago Cubs are a good hitting team. And number 21 is the Arizona Diamondbacks. I got to agree with that. The Diamondbacks are a, are a young team, and I don't really think that they're ready to compete with the big boys like the Dodgers, the Padres. They're not ready to compete with the Giants just yet. At number 20 is the San Francisco Giants. The Giants, they don't really have anyone special on their team. I mean, they have Brandon Crawford still, but that's really about it. From the World Series team, speaking of the Giants, last night Sergio Romo announced his retirement from the MLB and it's a semi-good career, but he was pretty dominant with the Giants for a long time. And number 19 is the Texas Rangers. I feel like the only reason that the Rangers are this low is because their bullpen. They have an excellent starting rotation. Okay? Their starting rotation is very good. Alright? You know, they have Jacob DeGrom, they have Nathan Evaldi, Taiwan Walker. That's a huge three-headed monster right there. But the bullpen needs some work. Dayton Moore did a pretty good job of bringing in Jacob DeGrom in the offseason, and that's going to help their chances a lot better against the big te- big teams in the, a- in the AL West, like the Houston Astros, the Angels. The Rangers should be competitive this year, but I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. And number 18 is the Boston Red Sox. Uh, they need to be lower, in my opinion. They lost Xander Bogarts, and they signed a shortstop that is very, very injury-prone. I mean, why would you sign Mondesi? Like, come on. Now, Mondesi is a good player when he can stay on the field. When he's off the field, he's nothing. And number 17 is the Los Angeles Angels. Once again, the bullpen does not help them whatsoever in this spot. The Angels have quite possibly one of the worst bullpens, I think. But their they're lineup is good. They got Mike Trout. They got Shohei Otani, Joe Adele. They have Jared Walsh as well. At number 16 is the Baltimore Orioles. They need to be a, just a smidge higher. Like, I'd probably put them at number 15 if it was up to me. Because, you know, Adley Rutschman is a good player. Austin Hayes, they also have Cedric Mullins still. Those guys are going to be around for a long time, and I think they have one of the best farm systems, aside from the Royals. They have one of the best farm systems. At number 15 is the Chicago White Sox. They need to be lower, in my opinion. The White Sox, I... They didn't really sign anyone notable in the offseason. They also got rid of Jose Abreu, which... If you know who that is, good. If you don't, then Jose Abreu is quite possibly one of the best first basemen in the entire MLB. You know, he's he's a talented guy, very solid hitter. He can hit for power, average, you name it. And number 14 is the Milwaukee Brewers. I don't even know why they're this high. Probably cuz of the rotation to be honest. Their lineup is okay. They got some good players in there like you know, they got Christian Yelich, that's pretty much it, to be honest. And number 13 is the Minnesota Twins. The Twins are a good team. They are a good team in the AL Central, you know. The AL Central is its the weakest division, I think, in the entire league. It's not even close. <laughs> the AL Central is horrible. That's just me. The Twins have Carlos Correa, though, and they also have Gary Sanchez. They have some very talented players, like I said, but they need to be oh just a smidge higher. At number 12 is the Cleveland Guardians. They belong right there. At number 11 is the Tampa Bay Rays. I don't know about that one, to be honest with you. At number 10 is the St. Louis Cardinals. Okay, this is... No, this is horrible, in my opinion. That one... I do not agree with, and here's why. Okay, they lost two star-studded players. Like they lost Yadier Molina to retirement. They also lost Albert Pujols to retirement. But they're still a they're still a solid team overall, nonetheless. But they got a long way to go. And number nine is the Seattle Mariners. The Seattle Mariners are one of the best teams in the AL West. At number eight is the Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah, I I like this, especially with, you know, they signed Trey Turner in the offseason. They also have Bryce Harper and Reese Hoskins for quite a while. They have Kyle Schwarber still. This is a very solid hitting team, but the only reason they're this slow is because of the injuries to Bryce Harper and, of course, Reese Hoskins, who is out with a torn left ACL, and he will require surgery. He should be back before the end of the season, though, and help the Phillies at least try to make a push for the playoffs. And number seven is the Toronto Blue Jays. This lineup is stacked, okay? You got Bo Bichette. You have Vlad Jr., who is, without a doubt, already on his way to the Hall of Fame. Yes, I said it here. You have Whit Merrifield, solid player. You also have Lourdes Gurriel, At number six is the New York Yankees. I don't even know why they're this high. If the Yankees have not done a very good job in spring training, guys, okay? They're, in fact, one of the worst overall teams in spring training. Get this, their record with that lineup is 13-18. and Now, of course... They have some talented prospects and I think Anthony Volpe, the Yankees top prospect, is going to be rookie of the year. He's going to win rookie of the year for sure. And number 5 is the New York Mets. The Mets are the Mets are a good team. That's all that needs to be said about them. They have a good solid rotation, solid bullpen. They have a stud lineup and I think they're going to be good this year. And number 4 is the Los Angeles Dodgers, even without Cody Bellinger, Justin Turner and Trey Turner, they're still at number four. I that That's a good sign for them. At number three is the San Diego Padres. The Padres are just a little bit ahead of the Los Angeles Dodgers because of their signing of Xander Bogarts in the offseason. They also have a stud lineup like Juan Soto. They have Fernando Tatis Jr., who's coming back this year. At number two is the Atlanta Braves. Now, here's what I don't get, MLB.com. Why do you have three NL East teams in the top ten? That is 60% of the division. And finally, number one, rounding it out, is the Houston Astros. I'm not surprised they the reigning World Series champions. They're going to be a good team this year, I think. Guys, we're going to take a quick break. Coming up, I'll be talking about Royals news. Plus, I'll answer listener questions about the upcoming season. Keep it locked in right here. You're listening to Inside the Diamond on UCM The Beat. In 2020, men died by suicide 3.88 times more than women. That number is way too high. That's why the National Suicide Prevention Hotline is available to all men. Call 988 if you are
2: struggling. You're not alone. There is help. One in nine people worldwide go to bed hungry each night. That's why UCM students and faculty are encouraged to visit the UCM Campus Covered. Campus Covered is a volunteer-based charity dedicated to alleviating hunger and financial burdens in the UCM community. Any UCM faculty, staff member, or student who presents a valid ID may select 10 items per week from Campus Covered. Campus Covered is located in the lower level of the UCM Student Rec and Wellness Center and is open Tuesday through Thursday from 3 to 5.30 p.m. UCM The Beat, the one and only radio station of the University of Central Missouri.
1: All right, guys, welcome to Inside the Diamond. Once again, let's talk about Royals news. And there's quite a bit of Royals news, actually, including this one. The Kansas City Royals, their young team. They're looking for something to prove in 2023, you know. Let's answer the frequently asked questions about opening day, which is this. How might the bullpen line up after the starter? Well, for the Royals, the bullpen appears to be improved from a year ago. At least it's deeper. Scott Barler will be the closer, a role he prefers. That leaves lefty a Chapman and righty Dylan Coleman, who both consistently hit 100 miles an hour as the setup men, with a major caveat. They both must find the zone. They're both dominant presences on the mound, Chapman with the track record, and Coleman with the rising potential, but both can be erratic at times. To help with lefties, the Royals have Amir Garrett. Also, figuring into the relief mix are Carlos Hernandez and Taylor Clark, both who could go two-plus innings. Ryan Yarbrough is most likely going to be the long reliever. Now, there are some injuries to talk about, First off, lefty starter Daniel Lynch and outfielder Drew Waters will both open the season on the injured list. Lynch sustained his left shoulder strain last week putting him on out of a rotation spot and leaving the team iffy on starting depth. The Royals haven't named their fifth starter yet, although that won't affect this weekend. Waters happened Waters injury happened at the beginning of spring training causing Kansas City to sign Jackie Bradley Jr. to a minor league deal for outfield depth. Now, what's the supposed bullpen going to look like for the Royals? Well, that's a very good question. Most likely, you know, the Royals are going to... Brad Keller is going to be the next starter. Jordan Lyles is also going to be a starter. Brady Singer, obviously, and I said Brad Keller already, and Chris Bubich. I don't even know why the Royals are keeping him around. He cannot find the zone. He cannot find the control. Let's get into listener questions, and I asked on social media this week, hey, give me some questions you want me to answer for the upcoming season, and boy, did you listeners deliver Wally from Independence wants to know what is your favorite memory on Opening Day. That's a really good question. Um, I have personally never been to an Opening Day game, but I think my favorite memory for the Royals on Opening Day was 2015 against the Chicago White Sox. Jordano Ventura against Jeff Samarja, and they absolutely and the Royals absolutely obliterated them ten to one. Jordano Ventura though left the game with an injury. Someone else wants to know, what is going to be the greatest strength of the Royals this year? And I think, guys, this answer is pretty straightforward. It's going to be their starting lineup. I mean, look at the depth here. You have Jackie Bradley Jr., of course, Bobby Witt Jr., one of the greatest prospects, I think, still in the MLB. You have Vinny Pasquantino, pretty good rookie year. You have Salvador Perez, who can mash homers. Fran Reyes who is a veteran, you know, he's been around the league for a long time. He has postseason experience with the Cleveland Indians slash Guardians. He's also been on the Cubs. Michael Massey is young, but he's starting to show his potential. Hunter Dozier is the third baseman. He's a veteran third baseman, but from the looks of it, that four-year extension that they signed him to at the beginning of the 2021 season is looking (laughs) It's, it's it's looking bad, okay? Kyle Isbell is the center fielder. They have a, The Royals have a pretty good lineup, like I said, but I think the the issue this year for them is going to be the bullpen. And the, the pitching, of course, is going to – we'll see, though. We'll just have to wait and see until the actual season begins. Someone else wants to know, what will be the impact of the change in base size this year? That's a really good question, man. I like that question. All right. Um. I think the impact of the base size this year, well, first off, Jose Altuve is going to be pretty much like a freaking baby right next to the base because it's so big. But I think it's going to increase stolen bases for sure. Because if you remember my episode last week, I talked about the increase in stolen bases since the beginning of this spring training compared to last one. And I was still pretty shocked about that. But in case you need a reminder, let's talk about it again. Stolen base attempts per game, 1.6 in 2022 and 2.4 in 2023. That's a huge, That's a pretty big, significant increase. Uh, Rays from last year, there's going to be more stolen base attempts. There might be even more stolen bases. You never know, though. What are the key players for the Royals you see making a step toward step forward in their development this year? This question was asked by Mike from Raymore. What's up, Mike? How are we doing today? I hope you're doing good. I am, too. Key players for the Royals, I think, is are going to take a step in their development this year. One, Brady Singer. He's going to develop that changeup of his. He's going to get a third pitch. And he's going to get a lot of help from the new pitching coach who came over from the Guardians. The Guardians had one of the best bullpens in the MLB. And I think also another player who is going to make a step towards their development this year is Bobby Witt Jr. He had kind of a down year last season in batting average wise. But, you know, he's seen major league pitching before. He knows what to expect. He should be a step in the right direction for the development. Who do you think will be the best hitter on this year's Royals team? This was asked by Jeff from Raymore. What's up, Jeff? How are we doing today? I hope you're doing good. Hope you're healthy. If you are, that's good. If you're not, then get better. The best hitter on this year's Royals team, I think, Jeff, is going to be, I think it's going to be Salvador Perez once again. The dude can mash, okay? The dude's got power. He 48 home runs in 2021. Not that many last year because of injuries, but he still had 20 home runs, which is pretty good. What will be the Royals' starting rotation? Well, I already announced that, but since it's asked, I'll go over it again. The ace of the staff is going to be Zach Grinke. Brad Keller is going to be a starter as well. Jordan Lyles is going to be the second starter. Brad Keller, the third. No, he does not have a family named Brad Keller, the second or Brad Keller, the first. Brad Keller is the third starter. That's what I meant. Brady Singer is the fourth starter. And rounding it out is Chris Bubich as the fifth starter. This is a... Uh, Kind of an iffy rotation. Brad Keller worries me. Chris Boobich worries me. The rest of them, they know what they're doing. Jordan Lyles, veteran. Zach Greinke is also a veteran. And Zach Greinke knows what he's doing. You know, he's been in this situation before. Who will be the closer? Another question. Uh, I think it's going to be Scott Barlow. A role as chairman might get some chances to... Close out games, but you never know. How many All Stars would the do the Royals get? Now, this is a good question. I think they could possibly get two if they're lucky. Bobby Witt Jr. and let's go with Scott Barlow. Scott Barlow is a good pitcher. You know, he's got an excellent slider. It is filthy, by the way, guys. That slider's filthy what place will the Royals be in at the all-star break? I'm sorry to say this. I think they're going to be in fourth. And I'm not saying that because I have low expectations. I do not have any expectations for the Royals to go anywhere this year. However, they could be in third. You never know. New manager, you know, he could be smart with the bullpen. unlike like, <laughs> Mike Matheny. Oh, sorry. Jeez. How many? Oh, what do you think about the Royals having a behavior health person in the dugout? It's about time because mental health in baseball is, you know, you can't see your kids. You can't see your family. You can't see your wife. It takes a toll on you. Playing baseball takes a toll on you. And it's always nice to have someone to talk to when you're in there. But I like it. I like it. I i honestly like it. Who will win the Cy Young Award? For the MLB I am going to go with Justin Verlander as the AL Cy Young excuse me as the NL Cy Young winner and as the AL Cy Young winner I'm actually going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to go with Brady Singer. Now I know I know I know. I know he's he's got a lot to learn but I think if he can control that changeup he's going to be one of the best starters in the AL this year. Who will win the batting crown in the National and American League? That's a good question. Um, I really think the batting crown is going to go to Shohei Ohtani in the AL. And in the National League, I'm going to actually go out on a limb here and say it's going to be Pete Alonso. Pete Alonso is a good hitter. You know, he's got tons of power. Who will win the most games in each league? In the AL, I'm going to take the Houston Astros again because look at their lineup. In the NL, I'm actually going to go on with an upset here and say the San Diego Padres. I think they have a good enough team to win at least 100 games. What will be the effect of the no-shift rule? I love the no-shift rule, first off, because left-handers have a hard time hitting the ball to the pull side because... As soon as you hit it, there's a fielder there. This will not be the case anymore. I think it's going to bring more offense to the game. Which team will win the most games in the American National League? I already answered that. But if you need a reminder, I'm going to go with the Astros in the AL and the Padres in the NL. Who will win the home run crown? I really think it's going to go to Vlad Jr. Vlad Jr. has proved he can hit for power who will win the most games by the All-Star break? If we're talking AL, I think it's going to be the Houston Astros. And now, of course, I think it's going to be the San Diego Padres. That is actually my World Series prediction, is the Astros and the Padres. Guys, we're going, to, we're going to take another quick break. Coming up, I'll be talking about the opening day games that are two days away, guys. Keep it locked in right here. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Inside the Diamond on UCM The Beat.
0: Do you know that millions of animals are either abused or abandoned every year in the United States? Donate to your local animal shelter today, and if you have room in your home, why not adopt a furry little friend to add to your family? Be a part of the change. Be a part of saving a helpless animal's life. Hey everybody, Rachel Ray here. Nothing puts a bigger smile on my face than cooking up a big meal for family and friends but there's not enough room at my table for the 17 million kids in America who are struggling with hunger. These children, that's one out of every five, often have to skip meals because there's just nothing to eat in the kitchen. Yet there's more than enough healthy, nutritious food produced right here in America to feed every last hungry child. If only there was a way to get it to them. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks Collect surplus food to give hope to hungry kids and their families all across our country. But they can't do it without your help. Join me in supporting Feeding America at your local food bank and at feedingamerica.org. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council
2: Hey, America, we need to have a little talk. Three, two, one. It's been a long time in the making, but it's finally here. Uh, UCM the beat.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to Inside the Diamond. Let's talk about the opening day games really quick. First off, the Minnesota Twins at the Kansas City Royals. The pitching matchup is Pablo Lopez against Zach Greinke. In this case, I'm going to say the Royals, and I promise you it's not because I'm biased. It's because I'm going with experience over youth. Pablo Lopez has not been in the league for that long. He's only been in the league for a few years. Zach Greinke, on the other hand, has been in the big leagues since 2004. Zach Greinke is far more experienced and he has done this before. He started on opening day before. I feel like Pablo Lopez is going to get the jitters, and that's why I'm taking the Royals. The Atlanta Braves and the Washington Nationals, the pitching matchup is Max Freed against Patrick Corbin. I'm taking the Braves. They have a more talented roster with Ronald Acuna Jr., Ozzy Albies, and one of the best rotations. The Braves are going to be good this year, and as I said, the Nationals are pathetic. Next up is the San Francisco Giants at the New York Yankees. The pitching matchup is Logan Webb against Garrett Cole. I'm taking the Yankees. They have one of the best lineups in the entire league. You have players like Aaron Judge, Anthony Rizzo, Giancarlo Stanton, and a very solid starting rotation. The Yankees lineup is the main reason why I'm taking them to win this game. Logan Webb is experienced somewhat, but not really. Really? Baltimore Orioles and the Boston Red Sox. The pitching matchup is Kyle Gibson and Corey Kluber. Both of these pitchers have lots of experience, but I'm taking the Red Sox mainly because of who they have pitching. Corey Kluber is still one of the best in the league. The Orioles have a good lineup, but I feel like Corey Kluber still has something left in the tank. Milwaukee Brewers and Chicago Cubs. The pitching matchup is Corbin Burns against Marcus Stroman. Both are good pitchers, but Corbin Burns is just way better, which is why I'm taking the Brewers in this matchup. The Cubs, however, have the better lineup, but the Brewers have the better pitcher. Detroit Tigers and the Tampa Bay Rays. The pitching matchup is Eduardo Rodriguez against Shane McClanahan. I'm taking the Tampa Bay Rays easily. Shane McClanahan is one of the most dominant young pitchers in baseball. He's got a great fastball, good changeup, and a good slider. If he can command all of those pitches, he is virtually unhittable. Philadelphia Phillies and the Texas Rangers. The pitching matchup is Aaron Nola and Jacob DeGrom. Come on, is this even a question? I'm going with the Rangers. The Phillies will be without Reese Hoskins and Bryce Harper at the start of the season. Those are the two major bats. Jacob DeGrom is, once again, the best player pitcher in the entire MLB. It's not even close. The Pittsburgh Pirates and the Cincinnati Reds pitching matchup is Mitch Keller against Hunter Green. This may surprise some people, but I'm taking the Pirates. Really, both of these teams are pathetic, but I had to choose one winner. But the Pirates added some power in the offseason, including Carlos Santana and, as I said earlier, Andrew McCutcheon is back on that team. The Colorado Rockies and the San Francisco Excuse me, the San Diego Padres. Pitching matchup is Herman Marquez going up against Blake Snell. Based on who the Padres added in the offseason, I'm taking the Padres. Rockies fans, I am sorry, but it's going to be a long year for you folks. Next up is the Toronto Blue Jays at the St. Louis Cardinals. The pitching matchup is Alec Manoa against Miles Michaelis. I'm going with the Blue Jays based on their lineup. They have a good starter. Alec is hard to hit. New York Mets in the Miami Marlins pitching matchup is Max Scherzer and Sandy Alcantara. I'm taking the Mets in this one. They have a very good roster, great lineup, excellent rotation, and a semi-good bullpen. The Red Sox and the Astros pitching matchup is Framber Valdez against Dylan Cease. I'm taking the White Sox in this one. Both of these pitchers are good. Yes, the Astros have a good lineup, but... They have too many injuries on their roster right now. The White Sox are a good team. Dylan Cease is a good pitcher. That's why I'm going with the White Sox and good pitching will beat good hitting. Not having Alex Bregman or Jose Altuve to start the year is really going to kill them. Los Angeles Angels and the Athletics. Pitching matchup is Shohei Otani against Kyle Muller. I'm taking the Angels easily. The The Oakland Athletics are pathetic. The Angels' lineup is completely stacked. Arizona Diamondbacks and the Los Angeles Dodgers. The pitching matchup is Zant Galen against Julio Urias. The Dodgers are by far the better team out of these two. Their lineup is stacked, even without Cody Bellinger. The Diamondbacks have some good players, like Seth Beer, but they don't have the firepower just yet to compete with the big boys. That's why I'm taking the Dodgers. And the final game of opening day is the Cleveland Guardians against the Seattle Mariners. The pitching matchup in this one is Shane Bieber. No, that's not Justin Bieber's brother, I promise, against Luis Castillo. I'm taking the Mariners in this one. I say this for a couple reasons. The first one, is because of their star lineup, the Mariners have. My other reason is because of how young the Guardians are. The Guardians are a young team They don't have a lot of experience on their roster except for Jose Ramirez. That's going to do it for this episode, guys. Thank you so much for joining me for this special edition of opening day of baseball. Have a great week, everyone, and as always, let's go Royals.